just encourage you, sometimes these things that I'll share with you are things that uh, I may never taught before, and many times they're just to remind us of things that we already know. And I think it's very important, especially as we're about to go into prayer, because as I mentioned a moment or so ago, in prayer, uh, we all come out of different situations. Uh, you may have been at work today, and you may be coming out of a hectic situation. You may have been looking for work and coming out of a hectic situation. Or you may be a mother at home about to pull your hair out because you've got all these kids at home, and you don't know what to do with them, whether you're trying to do school online. Whatever you've come out of, we will need a time to come together and begin to focus on why we're here but more importantly, just to share some words to give us confidence. Because the most important thing in prayer is confidence that God really is here listening to us and that God really does want to answer our prayers and that God really will answer our prayers. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Some things we've shared here before, some things we need to be reminded of, and some things I may not have shared before. So I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit guide us tonight. So I want to share with you out of... uh, Something. I, first of all, I, I felt impressed during praise and worship. God often speaks to me during praise and worship. Um, I, I, just to share with you, and I'll probably talk more about this in the Sundays to come, I really believe that um, God is calling us in 2021. We've, we've talked about this, and we've been in an effort to do this, but going to call us to learn how to come together and pray together. Because the most important thing we can know how to do, it's always been true, but I think as we're in this uncertain time and the challenges that we're facing uh, as a nation, the challenges we're facing as a world, the challenges we're facing as believers in Christ, the challenges we may be facing that we really don't even know about yet, but God knows, the most important thing we need to know how to do is to pray. And not say prayers but to truly be able to get a hold of God and, and do what the Bible talks about in James, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. There have been men and, men and women of the Old Testament and men in the Old, New Testament, men and women that knew how to pray and saw great things accomplished. There have been men and women in prior generations since Christ that have seen great things accomplished. And there are even people today that I believe are able to see great things accomplished through prayer. And that's what we're going to have a real focus on uh, uh, next year. And this is where I believe God is calling us. We've always been people that pray, but to be able to come together as a church that prays, knows how to pray together. But I believe, and this is one of the things I felt God speak to me during praise and worship, one of the things that's important, as it is with worship and any other thing we do when we come here together, it's only as good as your own individual prayer life. So if you really don't have a prayer life, if you don't pray very much at all at home, uh, uh, you're, you're not going to be bringing very much here when we come. This is not the place to learn to pray. We're going to use, we're going to have exercises in it, but this, the, 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 it's like homework. It's the real growth is going to take place as you learn to do this at home. And it's true with worship. If you just come here and the only, only worship you ever do is here on a Sunday morning or online on a Sunday morning uh, or on a Wednesday night, you're going to sing nice songs together and you may have some emotional experience, but you really won't enter into worship because worship 
is far more than just the emotion of a song. It's far more than just singing a melody and lyrics that make you feel good. It is a spiritual connection with God. And that only happens as you practice that every day. And that same thing is true with prayer. Because true prayer is a prayer in the Spirit. And that's not just speaking in tongues, but it's a spirit-to-spirit communion with God. And we'll talk about that as we get on to this. So I want to talk to you tonight about your own personal prayer life. And not by that I don't mean the pattern of your prayer, but, but, but well, let's talk about it from this point. When Jesus began, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. When Jesus began his ministry with his disciples, the first thing he did is he called the disciples to follow him. And he hadn't even explained to them yet what that meant. And one of the first things he did is he, he sat down with them after ministering to hundreds of people. He sat down with them on the top of this mountain and began to talk to them about the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God was alike. So this is their, his very first introduction to them of what this is like that they've now got. They don't know what they signed up for. They just know this man spoke to them with authority and There's some evidence that he may be the Son of God, and he just said, come, follow me. And they felt the boldness to do that, and now he's explaining to them what this is about. And one of the first things he does is to talk to them about prayer. Now, undoubtedly, they've already seen him pray. They've seen his prayer life somewhat. So they're curious about this, and they ask them about it. And he says these words. We're going to go down through what we call the Lord's Prayer. Um, and when you pray, no, not if you pray, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues. And he's not referring to there whether you should stand or kneel. He's talking about being public display of their prayer life on the corners of streets that they may be seen by men. So the first thing he's talking here about is our motive in prayer. What is your motive in prayer? Now, keep in mind, and this is maybe the most important thing that you can ever understand about prayer, because there's a distinction between what most Christians do, at least most of my experience with Christians, and including much of my own life, is we've learned how to say prayers. And saying prayers is either taking a prayer that you're reading and you're just saying it to God, or you're just talking out of your soul to God about a situation, but you're not talking to someone. You're saying a prayer. And I think a lot of times when we get these emergency prayer requests online or a text or something, we'll just stop and we'll just quickly say a prayer so that we felt good because we've said a prayer. But we've forgotten or maybe never understood what prayer really is. Prayer is not just saying something. And sometimes I've described it as like, we'll take these, this prayer request, this prayer, and it says, can we, we kind of throw it up in the air and hope something sticks up there. And we expect most of it's going to fall back down again. So we'll, next week we'll pick it up and try it again and throw it up. And so many Christians, that's kind of their, they may not admit that, but that's kind of the understanding attitude. So uh, the, the beginning of this is, is our motive in prayer. We're going to see that what Jesus says it needs to be as we go on to it. But keep in mind, everything we're going to talk about tonight is to encourage us that when we're praying, we're actually talking to somebody. And the someone we're talking to is God, the creator of the universe, and we've talked about this several weeks ago, the one who has the power to answer your prayers 
exceedingly abundantly beyond all that you can ask or think. That's who He is, and we've talked about that before. But, but He's also, we're going to see, He's your Father, if you're a Christian. He's your Father. So the, the Gentiles, these are people that had no covenant relationship with God, or the hypocrites, those were the religious leaders of the day. They stood in the synagogue and they prayed publicly so people would admire their prayers and how pious and how holy they were. So their motive had nothing to do with satisfying God's heart and their motive had nothing to do with helping God to meet somebody else's need their motive had to do with themselves. Now theirs was very prideful, but sometimes our motives are still about us, even though not that prideful. I assure you that they have their reward. Verse 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. Now the secret place there is not heaven. That's that He will come and meet you in the place that you've set aside for prayer. So, first of all, is where I, I missed some points I was going to make here. Um, we're going to go on a journey together, and it will, it will go into next year, where we're going to learn how to pray together. Now, the, the, if I were going to teach most of you how to crochet, and I can't do that because I don't know how to crochet, most of us would have no difficulty unlearning things because we've never done it before or maybe I ought to pick something more manly. Um, uh, but my point is this. If I said I were going to teach you something that you have no experience with, you have a blank slate. So you're wide open to whatever that may be. But when, when, I, when somebody tells you they're going to teach you something that you already know something about, we run into an obstacle because in our minds, well, yeah, I, I, but Pastor, I, I pray every day. I know how to do that. And, and I've been a Christian for over 41 years. And I felt God begin to speak to me, Son, you don't really know how to pray yet. And that was kind of a shock. I said, don't you understand? I've been a pastor for 20-some years. I, God knows all that. But, but I believe God wants to teach us something about prayer. So, so in order to begin it, we have to be willing to let God teach us which means we have to admit we may not know everything there is to know about prayer. And I'm not talking about knowledge here. I'm talking about an experience that you have with Him in prayer. And unless we're willing to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us things and take us places in prayer that we've not been before, unless we're willing to allow Him to do that work in us, there's not much He can do. And we're stuck where we are. And if we stay where we are, we're going to miss the best of what God has for us personally and the best of what God has for us as a church. Because that's only going to come about as we learn how to truly pray and to pray together. So we've got to be willing to learn and not just learn individually, but learn together. We're going to hear this word together a lot next year because as we've talked about before, I think one of the lessons, that's, at least for me, one of the lessons that's come out of, out of what we've gone through this year, although I understood it up here, is the reality of how much, how much we truly need, need each other. So, so, the first thing you see Jesus talks about, He says, when you pray, 
Go into your room, and when you've shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who is in secret will reward you openly. So we're talking tonight about your personal prayer life, your personal prayer experience. And so you need to have a place that you set aside where you can go and in a time of day when you can go and you can shut everything out and just pull inside. Now, for some of us at our stage of life, that's an easier thing to do because we've been empty, empty nesters for, for years. And, you know, it's my wife and I and Molly at home. And all today when I was in my prayer place and I was praying, I felt this hot breath on my head. And I looked up and there was Molly staring at me. And I couldn't let myself get distracted by that. But for, for me, that's a lot easier. Some of you have children at home, and especially now you have them at home, and they're always there. So, but that, what that means is, and, and this is true for all of us, you have to determine to do this. And if you determine to do it, God will help you find a way. And it takes a determination. See, God's already determined from His side. And the reason we don't experience more of this is we're not determined enough from our side, and that's because we don't... Two things. We don't understand how critical it is that we learn to connect with Him every day, and we don't understand how, po- how possible it is to truly connect with God, where you have an experience with Him, where you know inside of you He's real. And so God exists in heaven but He also exists by the Holy Spirit inside of you. So He's not in this room. He's in this room because He's here in you. And so when you pray, when I pray, I've got to get quiet. I've got to get to a place where I can, I can just focus inside of me and begin to really just talk to God as if He's right here because He is. He's, no, he's as close as your breath. He's right here. I find it's very helpful if I have a same place I go back to every day. Now, it may be if I'm traveling, I can't do that, but I'm looking for some place. It may be on a couch. It may be... There have been some places when we've traveled, I've just had to get my cup of coffee and go back and sit in bed. But I've got to get a place where I can quiet down and begin to just quiet out of all the issues. And for me, and for most people that I've talked to, is the very first part of the day. Because that's the time before all the stuff starts happening. Emails and texts and coming to church and whatever you do to go to work. And this that first part of the day. In fact, very often when I first get up, that's when God speaks to me the clearest because it's like the very first thing that He has access to me at the first time. So Jesus is teaching them, you need to have a place to go where you can shut the door. That means shut everything else out. And, and you, God will help you find that, whatever your situation is. And your Father's seizure and secret will reward you openly. Verse 7. And then when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do. Now, I, there's two words there that are critical. Vain repetitions. There's nothing wrong with repeating the same... I go through an order of prayer. And it's kind of my structure or outline for it so that I have something that I know to go through and then as my heart feels something else, I'll go off and follow that. But I've got sort of a roadmap to follow. And it's the same one every day. So that's a repetition, but it's not vain. 
A vain repetition is something you just do by rote. You don't, your heart's not in it. So there's nothing wrong with praying the same thing. Some of the things we're going to pray tonight are things we prayed several weeks ago. And so although it's repeating something, it's not vain. Vain means empty. has no purpose. And so there's nothing wrong with repeating the same prayers every day as long as you realize you're not reciting a prayer, you're saying the same thing to your Father. Um, for, they, they, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. So Jesus is teaching them that their faith is not in who they're talking to, their faith is in how they're saying their prayers. So even though we believe in God, even though we're Christians, we know that God's our Father, we can very subtly have our faith and confidence in how I'm praying. And when you do that, you're going to find that you'll struggle because you don't have the confidence that you have when you've got your eyes on Him and not on yourself. Verse 8. Therefore do not be like them. And here's one of the foundations of effective prayer life. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask. Notice here, this is the second time he's told us that the one you're talking to is not God, just God. He's your Father. So that implies a relationship, a family relationship of a father and a son or a father and a daughter. And and he's saying here, the, the one you're going to communicate with already knows what you're trying to say to him. Now, my wife and I, because we're wired differently, even though we've been married for over 53 years, we still have trouble sometimes knowing whether we're talking about the same thing. Because she'll go off and talk about something, and I may have not caught the first few words because she didn't have my undivided attention, and then somehow we're going along, and I say, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm, I'm not sure we're talking about the same thing because she may have changed the subject and I didn't catch the fact that she changed the subject or my mind is on something else and I'm interpreting what she's saying in terms of what I was thinking about before all ways of just not really connecting together and so we have to kind of stop and come back and make sure by asking each other you know let's make sure we're talking about the same thing and I know really what you're trying to say to me and you know what I'm really trying so that takes effort and work because we don't know what each other needs but your heavenly Father knows more than you do. Let's think about this. He knows more than you do what you're trying to tell Him. Ladies, don't you wish you had a husband like that? (laughs) He knows more than you do what you're trying to tell Him. That's important to understand because sometimes we get concerned, well, I don't know if I said it the right way. See, that's focusing on how I prayed, not on who's listening. That's what Jesus said. Don't be like the Gentiles. Their confidence is in how they pray. Don't be like them. Because don't you understand? See, this is a connection between the way they prayed and the way we're called, the way we're called to pray. This is a relationship. Don't understand this. Your father, he's your father. He already knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. And I've addressed this before. I'm not going to take the time tonight to go back and to go through all this. Then, okay, Pastor, if he, if, don't ask me, ask Jesus. 
if, if he already knows what I need before I ask him, what, the next obvious question is, why do I have to ask him? Well, I asked him that one time. And the answer I got was really two things. The first thing is, God could just, God wants you to ask him so that when he gives the answer, you'll know it came out of your relationship with him. The process of asking and receiving from him deepens our relationship. It, it, it shows, it, it makes us aware of how desperately we need him and it makes us aware of how, uh, how, un, how, how, how generous he is to meet our needs. So it develops the relationship. Then there's some things we ask Him for because He needs us. We've talked about this before. He needs us to give Him permission to do what He already wants to do because God delegated that authority in the earth to Adam. Adam surrendered it to Satan and Jesus came and won it back for those who belong to Him. And that's us. And so, so let's go on. Verse 9. So, in this manner, therefore, pray. And this is kind of what I go through in the morning. Our Father. So this is the third time Jesus is teaching His disciples because they've come out of, they've come out of the rabbinical traditions that you don't even mention God's name, let alone call Him Father. And here you have this man telling them to talk to their God as if He's your Father. See, Father changes the basis of this communication. That means you're talking to somebody that loves you more than you'll ever love yourself. That means you're talking to somebody who understands you. That means you're talking to somebody who's all ready to meet every need that you have, just waiting for you to ask. And that's what Jesus is communicating. Our Father in heaven, hallowed holy be your name. Verse 10. Now this is important. We talked a little bit about this two weeks ago. He's telling you how to set your heart. And this is what's been changing my prayer life. Instead of coming to God with all the things that I want, I'm learning to come with Him and say, Father, what do you want? What do you want? I remember God teaching this years ago, and I don't want to take too much time doing this. Teaching me this years ago when our youngest children, who are twins, uh, we're, we're little children, and I was, we were in Bible school, and I was coming home after morning classes, and I'd, I'd get down on the floor with them, and I'd just start playing with them. I'd roll around with them, and I'd toss them in the air, and we were having fun together. And I was on the floor, because they couldn't walk very much. And I felt God speak to me, and He said, Son, why, why are you down there playing with them? I said, Well, they're my, they're my children. I'm their father, and I want to enjoy playing with them. He said, you enjoy that? I said, he said, how come they don't stand up and run around and play tag with you? I said, because they're not old enough to do that. He said, but because you're doing that with them now, and you're developing a relationship with them now to do what they enjoy, there's going to come a day when they come to you and they want to know what you want to do. And that day came. I remember one time we set a day aside to do something and they were, much, they were older and they said, Dad, let, what do you want to do today? They wanted to do something that pleased their father. 
And see, as we grow as Christians, it's no longer about us. It's no longer about, because God will take care of you. It's no longer about what I'm going to need. It's, Father, I know you'll take care of me. I'm not worried about me. I want to know what is it you need. See, that's what worship, worship is focused on Him. Honoring Him. Giving my heart to Him. And prayer is, is another form of worship, and worship is another form of prayer. You can't really separate them. It's a spirit-to-spirit connection. But we really are growing when it begins to be, Father, this is how I start. Your, your, your kingdom come. Your will to be done. Whatever situation I want to pray about, whether it's in my life or my family or people in the church, whatever it is, Father, I want, I want to pray you to pray your will through me. And it changes the whole dynamic of your prayer. You begin to sense the Holy Spirit engage with you. And there comes a new power in that prayer because it's God praying through you what He wants to do. It's almost as if you get out of the way and He's just using your mouth to do it. And there's a power, but there's a relationship that develops with Him. An intimacy that develops with Him as you do that. Now, if you've never experienced that, I'm just trying to whet your appetite. Whet your appetite for that. Because it will become the most wonderful part of your day. You'll get up in the morning, you just can't wait to get to that because He's waiting for you. We talked about that several weeks ago. But it's learning to commune with Him spirit to spirit. Jesus told the woman at the well in John chapter 4 when they're discussing worship. He said, look, you come from a people that, that you don't know how to worship because the, the Gentiles don't know how. But, but the Jews, we know, what, we, know, we know, understand worship, but there's coming a day and now is when my Father longs for true worshipers who worship in spirit and in truth. Because in the old days, they couldn't commune with God spirit to spirit because their spirit wasn't reborn yet. But yours is and mine is, and we have God's spirit living in us to make this divine connection with Him. And when you make that divine connection with Him, it's a perfect communication. And there's scriptures I could give you that we don't have time to go into. I just want to cover a couple other things and then we'll go about this. And then he goes on, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Next verse. Give us this day our daily bread. So I just begin to thank God that the very material needs that we have, food, clothing, Shelter, transportation, God has provided for us. And He's provided for all of us in abundance. You may not have what you want, but you've got enough. You got here and you got your clothes on, I can tell. And, and so you're, so the, but there's other needs we have. See, God wants us to know how much we need Him and to trust Him and depend on Him for everything we need and to do it every day, just like Israel had to learn for the manna that they received every day to provide their food. And verse 12, this is the last one we'll look at. And forgive us our debts or our sins as we forgive our debtors. This is so important, prayer. Because prayer is opening your heart, opening your spirit and your heart to commune with Him. And if you're holding something against someone else, how can you open your heart wide open to God who gave His Son's life for that person, who loves them the person that you're having an issue with. He loves them as much as He loves you and as much as He loves Jesus. He loves them. And He is love. And His love in us is what empowers us to pray. And how can we flow in that love when there's unforgiveness 
in our hearts. I'm telling you the biggest hinder, hindrance, roadblock to the church today in prayer and every other area of our life is unforgiveness. Things that people are holding on to in their hearts and in, in many cases they know it, sometimes we don't know it. We think we've forgiven somebody, but we really have not put them into God's hands and we've really not opened our hearts to bless them. And until we do that, there is an interference in your communication. God loves you. God's listening. But you having trouble receiving because there's a door closed in your heart. You can't be wide open to God. I learned this. We, we learned this long years ago in a pro- program we were called Marriage Encounter we were part of. And we learned this principle that our scripture to support it. That, that it's called the parallels. You are no more open to God than you are to the people around you. I can't say that I'm wide open to God and I love God if I'm, my heart's close to my wife. It's impossible. You're, whatever you are with one, you are with the other. So if I'm holding something against her or someone else, that's interfering with my open communication with God. That's why Jesus said this is such an important part. And we'll have to end with this prayer there. So, Forgiveness is so important. So we're going to begin to pray. What I want to do is I want to, again, pray because of the level of this COVID-19 thing again. I want to pray uh, this week's uh, Unite 714. See if I still got it here. And then we'll go on and pray for some of the same things we prayed for before. The scripture that they're using for this week is Psalm 149, verses 5 through 9. Let the godly exalt in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the high praises of God be on their throats and two-edged swords in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations, punishments on the peoples, to bind their kings in chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written, This honor is for all his godly ones. Praise the Lord. So let's pray. Lord, we've been given an incredible honor. We have the privilege through the power of prayer and praise to help execute your will and advance your kingdom on the earth. Whether we find ourselves in the bed of affliction, depression, scarcity, or despair, we choose to exalt the glory of who you are. Heavenly Father, fill us with a supernatural joy as we embrace our calling to praise and prayer. Scripture clearly promised the end of Satan and demonic hosts. We take our stand on these promises today as we renounce unbelief and pr- pronounce your f- faithful word. In the name of Jesus, we bind the powers and principalities blinding the peoples of the world, and we ask you for a fresh outpouring of your Spirit. We also come before you with high praise in our mouth. Even when it seems like a sacrifice, we lift praises that reach to the highest heavens because you are worthy of all praise. No matter how we are feeling or what we're facing, we choose to worship and praise you today. That's a good thing to say every day. We praise you, Lord, and we thank you for mitigating COVID-19. Although we grieve the loss of thousands who have died and millions more who have gone without your help and intervention, We ask you to comfort those who've suffered loss, to grant wisdom and strength to doctors, scientists, and first responders. And we ask you in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus, to eradicate this pandemic from our planet. Let's continue to pray. Father, we also pray for the health care workers that are out there. We pray for them, Father, as as the, the, the number of cases increases again and the hospitals 
are hitting a stage of overload and, 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 the, and the first responders and the healthcare workers face this right on the front of the battle line. We ask you to strengthen them and encourage them <clears throat> to keep them safe. We pray and cover them with the blood of Jesus to keep them safe, Father. We thank you for their courage, Father, to stand in the place and in the gap for our society around us. Father, you've called to pray for those that are in leadership and authority over our lives. And we pray for that tonight, Father. We pray for our president and all of those that are in leadership and authority for the grace and the wisdom that they need this day. Father, we just pray that you would continue to keep them and protect them, for we have no right to criticize or judge if we're not praying for your grace and wisdom in their lives. Father, we pray for our governors, especially Governor Baker and Governor Raimondo, as they're facing difficult decisions as they try to balance the economy against protecting us from this, this terrible virus. And we ask you that you give them wisdom and grace and understanding. We pray for those that are around them to support them, Father, to give them counsel and wisdom. And we know of some, that, Father, that are believers, that you would give them the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of might. Encourage them and strengthen all of those, Father, that they may not get weary in this battle that's gone on and on and on. And we thank you, Father, for that strength. Help us, Lord, to put aside our own, our own petty ideas and our own petty attitudes and prejudices to do what your word says and to pray for those that are in positions of authority because they desperately need your help and your grace and your strength. And Father, whether we agree with them or like them, that's not relevant to you. What you've called us to do is to pray for them. And we come to you tonight to do that, Father. Father, we pray for your church in this time of need. You have placed us here for such a time as this, Father. You've not chosen us to be here when Jesus walked on the earth. You've not chosen us to be here, Father, during the prior revivals. You've chosen us to be here at this time, and it certainly seems as if we are at the dawn of a new era, a shifting of spiritual, spiritual conditions, Father. And so, Lord, it's a privilege that you would have us here it's a privilege that you would put us here for this time. But Father, help us to have your vision. Help us to lift our eyes off of the issues of our own life, Father, and to, and to get our focus on your kingdom and on your will being done. Help us to have confidence and faith, Father, that as we set our hearts and our minds on your will and your kingdom being accomplished in this world at this time, that we have confidence that you will take care of our needs. You've told us, Jesus told us, to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things we need will be added unto you. So we take you at your word, Father. We trust you that you will take care of us as we put your kingdom first. And we pray, Father, what we've been learning on Sundays. We pray what our Lord, the last thing He talked to you about before He went to the cross, was that your church would be one that we would truly come together as one body in the earth here at Faith Christian Center and among all your true churches in this area, Father. That we would come together, be of one heart and of one mind. We don't know what 2021 has in the offering. We came into this year with our own ideas and things we were praying for. And somewhere around the end of February and the beginning of March, things changed drastically and they've been very different ever since. But you've been so faithful, Father, 
so faithful to us personally, so faithful to this church to lead us through this time. When it looked as if the churches would be destroyed, we've become strong in areas, Father. When it looked as if that the finances could dry up, Lord, you've been strong and faithful. And so you've proven yourself to us through these eight, nine, and ten months that we've gone through this. And so, Lord, as we begin to draw to the end of this year and begin to look forward to next year, prepare us, Father. Show us, prepare us, help us to be sensitive to your spirit, both personally for our families and for this church, because you want to prepare us for what is to come. You want us to be strong. You want us to be full of vision. You want us to be full of joy. You want us to be full of hope. You want us to be, most of all, overflowing in love for one another and love for our neighbors and love for the lost. So, Father, that's not something we can do in our strength. That can only be done by the work of your Spirit in our hearts and in this place. And so, Father, we're calling upon you tonight to do that, to make us sensitive. Help us to become sensitive to the things your Spirit is teaching us. Help us to become teachable, to recognize where there's pride in our life, Lord, that's keeping us from growing and to be willing to set that pride aside. Help us to recognize, Lord, our failures and our shortcomings and allow your grace to come in and to shore us up and to strengthen us in those areas. Father, help us to surrender more and more to you, our lives, as we sang tonight, and to truly respond to the call that Jesus has given to all of us to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and to follow him. Help us to have the vision that as we do that, he becomes more close and more intimate and more real to us. And we'll never want to look back. We begin to taste the intimacy that we can have in a personal relationship with him. When we sense his tangible presence here in our lives, in our home and in this place. We pray for revival in this time, Father. An awakening of your church not just in the four walls of these buildings that we have, but out there in the streets, in the marketplace, on our job, Father. There's been so many words prophesied by your Spirit that that's where it's going to take place, and that's where the need is. And Father, we pray for that. We pray for that to begin in here, Lord, and for your Spirit to pour out in abundance. We pray for your Spirit to begin to work in our hearts, to break down the barriers and the walls that have separated us from one another. Father, there are many of us that still think everything's okay, we're doing great. Help us to awake to what you see and what you're calling us to to go to, Father. For only your Spirit can do that in our hearts. And we come to you tonight and say we're willing. Father, we pray for those that are here tonight physically and those that that are online, Lord. Begin to bind us together in the Spirit of one heart and one purpose. To come together to learn to pray together. Continue to open our eyes to how much we need one another. Not in a superficial way, but we need one another to truly care with all of our hearts. Father, just as you were binding that church together in the first century, just as you've bound the church together at other times in the history of the church when there's been great need, we pray for you to bind us together to respond to that prayer of Jesus that we may truly, we may truly be one. Father, we pray that as we waken to what you put us here to do, 
as a church at Faith Christian Center and all the churches that are especially here around us here in New England, that we would give your, give, you would give your church boldness. Father, in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 4, when the church was threatened, when they were threatened that they couldn't preach the gospel, when they were threatened that they couldn't meet, when they were threatened, their response was to come to you and not to ask for deliverance, but to ask for boldness, that whatever the threats would be, it would not stop them from boldly doing what you've put us here to do. And Father, we pray for that boldness, that the church would not be intimidated by the, by the threats to our health. The church would not be intimidated by any other threats that would try to come against us. But we would truly recognize that it is the church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, and Jesus has declared that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus has declared, the Word of God has declared, that greater is He that's in us than he that's in the world. Jesus has declared, that behold, I give you authority over Satan and over all the power of the enemy, so nothing shall in any way harm you. Father, give us a holy boldness, a holy righteousness, and give us discernment, Father. So often Satan comes against the church, the church members, to distract us with issues that are not important to you, to pull us away from you and to distract us from seeking you and to do what you put us here to do. And your word does tell us that in the last days, many, many will be deceived and they'll be led away. And so we declare that that will not happen here. We declare that that, that that deception will not come to this house, to these people. We declare that in the name of Jesus, that we will be a people whose focus is on the Lord. We will be a people whose hearts are together and are focused on His calling and His purpose. And we thank You. We thank You for that, Father. And now we come to you, Father, for the families in this church. The families, Father, the, the fathers, the mothers, the children, the single parents, Father. We come to you for those that are, that are our single members of our church, Father, that are households. And we pray, Father, today. We pray the peace of God, the peace that passes understanding, will rule in those households. We pray, Father, we take authority over strife and over the spirit of strife that under the pressures of this day, the pressures that were wearing at us from the outside, the pressures of being together at the house all the time, the pressures of, 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 of in, that's in marriages, the pressures that are in the relationships between children and parents, the, and parents, the, the pressures that are between, the, between members of the family that are not in one household. Anywhere there's division and there's strife. We come against that spirit of strife. And Father, we pray the spirit of peace, the spirit of peace and of comfort and of joy. We pray the love of Jesus. Father, we pray what Paul prayed over the church at Ephesus. We pray, Father, that you would strengthen us with your might, your ability, by the Holy Spirit in our inner man, that Christ might dwell in us live His life in us and through us, in our relationships with each other, in our relationships at work, in our relationships out in the world, in our relationships in our neighborhood, in our relationships in our family, that Christ might live His life through us by faith. That being rooted and grounded in His love, we might come to know together the breadth 
and the length and the height and the depth and to know by experience the love of Christ that passes understanding. Wow! That we may be filled up. We, this church, this body, may be filled up with all of your fullness. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly beyond all that we are asking you here tonight, according to the power that lives within us now. Be glory in your church to all generations through Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, we pray for wisdom for fathers as heads of household, wisdoms for mothers who are heads of single families. We pray for, for families that are blended families, Lord, where there's a grafting together and, and there's, there's strife in there because parts aren't grafted just yet. And children are trying to, to adjust to a new parent. And parents are, new parents are trying to adjust to this relationship with the children that are now adopted into this new household. Father, we pray for wisdom for the parents. Grace. Yes, we speak grace. We speak grace. Grace into these situations where there's strife. We speak your grace. Your grace into these situations, Father. Grace. 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 And the word dwell among us and we behold him full of grace and truth. Jesus is full of grace, the spirit of grace, grace to handle the tensions, grace to handle conflict and not react but respond, grace to handle the frustrations, grace, your ability to handle the pressures that are on the families today, financial pressures, household pressures, relational pressures, job pressures, health pressures, grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the peace of God that passes understanding. We pray your grace in these situations, Father. We pray your grace in these situations, Father. We have several prayer requests that have been handed in, again, reminding those of you who are here and that are online. We, we endeavor to do this every Wednesday when we come together to pray. And you can go to our website. You can take the app, the FCC app. There's a, there's a section in there for prayer. There's praying hands. Or you can fill one of these cards out, and there's a prayer cross out in the foyer somewhere. They've moved it, I think. And fill these out, and we have some for healing. We have several tonight and some for salvation. So we're going to do this, and then I'm going to release you to pray for some of the needs that you see. And then we will come together again. But let's, let's pray, first of all, for healing. Father, here is someone, Tara, who is um, who's now dealing with this COVID. And Father, we just come on her behalf. And we speak to that virus, and in the name of Jesus, we curse you. And we command you to leave this body in the name of Jesus. You come out of her body. You will not prosper in her body. In fact, we come against COVID in the body of anybody in this church right now. Whoever's battling it, whether in the hospital or whether they're home, in the name of Jesus, we come against you. We are, you are a virus. You are of the pit of hell. And, and Jesus said 
that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority over Satan and over all the power of the enemy so that nothing shall in any way harm you. And in the name of Jesus, in his place, we stand against this virus in this woman's body and we curse that virus in the name of Jesus. We declare you will not prosper. Those lungs will work properly. And we speak a full and healthy recovery over her and over everyone else in this body right now that may be battling this virus in the name, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we come to you now for, this is somebody for, for salvation, for a Tara and a Billy, and for a John uh, and a Violet, and a, and a Violet. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And we just, your word says that it's Satan that blinds the eyes of those that don't believe so that they don't see the light of the glory that's in the face of Jesus Christ, his love and his grace, that he blinds their eyes. But we've also been given authority over him. And so Satan, we come against you tonight and we command you to give them up in Jesus' name. These names that have just been named, and we're going to give you others in a few minutes that we're going to pray for privately and individually. Father, we come to you tonight on behalf of of children that have grown up in this church that aren't serving you right now, that are out of the household, that are living out on their own. Father, we come to you on their behalf. Lord, the word of God has been sown into their hearts, and it is an eternal word. And your words are spirit in their life, and they're lying in their soul right now, dormant. And by the Spirit, we speak to that Word that's in, dormant in their heart, and we call upon the Holy Spirit to speak into their lives and to open the eyes of their understanding that they would see the hope of your calling for their life that's in Christ Jesus. Some of them have struggled with, Lord, with their questioning their parents' belief. And Father, we ask you to meet them personally through the Spirit of the living God, that they will know for a certain in their own hearts that Jesus is real and He died for them and He's available to them to come into their lives and into their hearts. He may have come into their hearts back when they were a child in this Sunday school, back when they were a teenager in our, in our youth program, back when they were in our middle school, and he is, His Spirit is in there. Now we call you to rise up. And Satan, we command you to give them up in the name of Jesus. We pray for their parents and their grandparents that have been standing for them, Father. And we pray that you would give, encourage them to strengthen and not quit and to not give up. For there's no word of you that's gone forth that's, that's void, that will not return to you without accomplishing that for which you sent it. And so we come and declare your word is an eternal word and it will accomplish what you sent it to accomplish. We pray for that young generation today. There's a generation that's grown up in this world that doesn't, hasn't even heard who Jesus is, that's living out among a, a, a social media, living out among an entertainment system that is so, so far removed from the values that, you, that are from your, of your kingdom, Father. And they're saturated with it. And it's so, it's, it's almost looks overwhelming and impossible that they could ever be reached. But there's nothing impossible with you if your people call upon you to move into that generation.
And so, Father, we claim this youngest generation. We claim the, the, the millennials. We claim Generation X. We claim the newest generation. We claim every generation, every young generation for the kingdom of God. And Father, we call for you to send laborers out among them, laborers that they will relate to, laborers that they will listen to, filled with the Holy Spirit, with the gifts of the Spirit operating so that they will know that Jesus is real, that your Spirit is real, that you are real and that you love them and that you love them so much you've come to where they are. Father, I thank you for the young man that my wife prayed with this morning. Young man, Lord, that never heard of Jesus. And my wife prayed with him this morning and he came into the kingdom of God today. We pray for him today, Father. Young Andrew, that you would strengthen him, Lord. That you would come and he would have an experience with you and know that what he did this morning was real, Father. We thank you, Father. Put this generation on our hearts, Lord. That we would not be, that we we would not pass them by. For these things, Father, we give you thanks. We're going to take, oh, there's here one more request for healing that I missed. This is for uh, the Mello family for uh, their fight against cancer. I think we prayed for them before, but we're going to come and pray again. Father, we come to you on behalf of this family. And this cancer is just a virus, just like COVID's a virus. And you've given us authority over that. Jesus spoke to a fig tree, and it died because he cursed that fig tree. And he's told us that we can do the same thing, and we can do this to cancer. So in the name of Jesus, in His place, on the authority of what He's told His church we can do, we come against this cancer in this family and we curse you and declare that you've got to die and leave their bodies. You will not prosper against their body. In the name of Jesus, we speak healing and restoration to whatever has been destroyed, whatever has been damaged. We speak recovery to their bodies in the name, in the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. So we're going to take a few minutes now. Those of you that are online, please don't don't tune out now, but get on your knees, walk around your living room, wherever you are, and just, just begin to pray for whatever some of the things we talked about, prayed about tonight, whatever may be on your heart. Maybe it's something in your family or a family that you know of. And as you're praying, be sensitive. You may somebody may come to your your mind or your heart, and don't take that lightly. Just begin to pray and realize that it, your Father, your Father is meeting with you right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we take the things that, that we have brought to you tonight and we leave them in your hands. The primary requirement that your word sets forth for answered prayer 
is that we must ask in faith. We must believe that you actually heard us and that you are actually going to do or are doing what we've asked you to do. So we commit to you now that we will not speak anything contrary to what we pray. Help us to put a guard over our mouths to speak only what you would have us speak. To be so joined with you in heart for what we prayed that we would not like anything else come out of our mouths. About a person, about these issues, about you, or about ourselves. Help us to be aware of how powerful our words are. So we thank you, Father, that we have confidence that because everything we prayed is in accordance with your will, that you've heard us, and we know that if you've heard us, we have the requests we've made known to you. And so we thank you. Lead us on this journey together as we learn to go deeper in prayer, prayer that pleases you, prayer that joins us together, and prayer that sees results. For that, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we close the service, there are just two things we...